Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Ed Brenegar on the line. Ed, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for being with me and letting me be with you today. Well, I'm really looking forward to this conversation today. So why don't you share a little bit with about yourself uh, with the audience, and we'll dive right into the conversation. Well, I'm a, I'm a guy who uh, does leadership work, and that's a very broad category, broader than maybe some people see. I've been doing it since um, the middle of 1984. And uh, got, got kind of uh, caught by this idea that leadership is is this social thing. It's something about relationships, and it's and it's not particularly a role or a title, but it's more about how we function. And I've been pursuing that that idea, and in particular, wanting to uh, help support businesses and organizations so that they can be stronger. But the effect of that or the impact of that would be it would strengthen their local community. So I have a, I have a local community kind of focus as well to what I do. I uh, started, started my business in 1995. I'd never run a business. I'd never been a consultant. But I knew how to talk to people. And that's the way, that's the way I started. So I just started asking people, who do you know that you think I should know? And they'd connect me and that's how it all started and then continues to go today. Well, it's a great approach to start it because a lot of businesses say, well, I'm going to set up my shop and people will pound down the door and here I am. But you, you approach it a different way and say, who should I talk to about this? And who should I know uh, that would benefit from what I have to offer? And I think the communication side of things, time and time again, that's what it is, is learning how to communicate with people and asking them the right questions to figure out you know, what their pain points are. Because as a consultant, you know, this is not a shock to you. I, we find that people will bring in a consultant or bring in someone to help them with a particular problem, but ultimately that's not their main problem. That's a surface True. level type of thing. It's you kind of dig a little bit and ask some probing questions and then you realize, whoo, okay, then, then scope creep kicks in and you're like, hmm, okay, this is a little above what we agreed to. So how do we approach this? So, so you know, launching your business, going back to 95 and not ever running a business before, you know, 95 was early days of internet. So research would have been a little bit different, you know, library True. books and, you know, and, you know, going to the library and studying and, and researching that way is one way, but, you know, how did you, you know, kind of get your skill set up? You know, you already, you came to the table with extensive skills, but as far as running a business when you've never done it before, you know, what were some of the things that you did to, you know, make sure that you were successful? Well, I had, I had done a lot of different things up to that point and I had learned to do some things just by, making a lot of mistakes. Uh, and in the piece I didn't put into that is that not only did I start a new business, but we had moved from one state to another state. We moved back to my home state. And so I was starting fresh and I had not lived there uh, in 20 years. So it's so I was starting cold with everything. 
I arrive with three names of people to contact. I called them up. I said, so-and-so says I need to get to know you. I called and I went by. I said, this is who I am. This is what I'm interested in doing. I'm an interested, you know, I want to work with leaders. I want to help their businesses grow and, and become strong and support the community. Who do you know that you you think I should know? And would you introduce me? And so those three guys gave me between 10 and 15 names and phone numbers. I called all those people, did the same thing over and over again. And in, and in having those conversations, I was asking a lot of questions about, so what's going on? What, what, are, what are your press, you know, your, the points that are pressing in on you that are difficult? What are your problems? Um, and, and I met one of the people that I met through this process was a guy who had been working in, um, in a local jewelry store, and he didn't really like the way the people that he worked for operated the store. So he said, I'm going to go start my own jewelry store. So that's what he did. And he, and what he taught me was you always want to offer solution to your customer. And so what he did was he started a jewelry store and he offered to anyone who came in, I mean, this is, you know, 25, over 25 years ago, um, a $5 battery, uh, installation on their watches. And so all these people, you know, he advertised that all these people would come into his shop and he would get to know them. And, and then they would end up coming back to him and buying like wedding gifts and anniversary gifts. And so he built a, a customer base by simply offering a simple little solution to a simple little problem that they had, but it allowed him to build a relationship that uh, and he's hey, he's still in business today, you know, which is uh, I think a great thing. So all I did was ask questions and um, offer to to uh, solve the problem, and people would hire me to do that. A lot of that had to do with um, I did those initial things had a lot to do with board development, helping boards think clearly, and um, planning. How do how do you how do you think through what your next steps are? Um, because a lot, what I found was that a lot of, particularly in these small businesses, people had an intuitive sense of what they wanted, but they didn't really have a practical sense of how they were going to get there. So, you know, every day they come to the office and they would um, I try to do magic tricks, so to speak, you know, try to do things that would, that seemed logical, but they, they were kind of trying to scramble to kind of get where they needed to go um, each and every day. So, you know, we put a plan, to, we would put a plan together, a simple plan to, that would carry them out maybe three months or to a year. And, um, and that seemed, it seemed to work okay. It seemed to solve those, those entry kind of level problems. Um, but the thing, and just to kind of call, bring this a little, to a little uh, conclusion, what I began to see there were patterns of behavior in these leaders. And I ended up having a really wide spectrum of organizations I worked with, uh, small businesses, nonprofits, local uh, municipalities, churches, uh, schools, colleges. I mean, the, the, the spectrum was broad, but the behavior problems, the patterns of behavior of how leaders and people within the companies were acting were, were similar all across the board. 
And out of that developed a model that I call the circle of impact, which becomes a tool for how do you understand why things are not working? You know, if you're at a point where you feel you're kind of stuck and you don't know where you're going, well, it could be in one of three broad areas. It could be that you're not clear about why you're doing what you're doing. It could be that your relationships with your staff or the your relationship with your customers isn't really working well. And maybe they're not telling you this because maybe they don't feel comfortable in telling you this, or maybe even just the way you have organized the business, you know, the your product development, your operations, all of those things maybe are just not working well enough, but you're too close to it to be able to see it very clearly. So it was one of those three broad areas that I would see um, that I, I began to uh, dig down into to uh, help people figure out where they needed to go. Well, it sounds like in this conversation we had briefly before we started, you know, a lot of business owners, they don't really know the difference between running a business and leading a business. And I'm sure you see that quite a bit uh, with organizations. I do. And I think that they, and, and it, as we were talking, you know, I think they, um, they operate their business and they know what they're offering to their customer, but they don't necessarily know how to take that customer and expand the reach that they have with that customer. And, um, and so leadership really has a lot to do with how do I identify the impact that I want to have on my customer? And, and for that, I have to ask the question, what is it that I want to, for that person to experience as a change in their situation? And I don't think people have a very clear idea at all. I mean, I mean, this is after talking about this for now 25 years. I don't think people have a very clear idea at all of what the impact of their business should be. I think they have a clear idea of what they want to do in terms of making money in their business. But the impact is where that that leverage for expanding the reach and the um, the significance. And the difference that really matters for that customer, that's that's not really uh, very clear to me that I find. It definitely seems that they're focused on the revenue generation component of the business and maybe in solving a problem. Maybe they recognize, okay, I have a product or service that will address a need that we see in society right now. We'll pick on Zoom for a minute. Zoom existed before COVID-19. Right. Uh, and I was a client of theirs. I've used their product for a while and worked out well and all of that. And next thing you know, everybody got sent home in March of 2020. And it was like, how do we connect? Oh, there's this Zoom thing. And next thing you know, everybody's on it. And you know, then they, they make little changes to it. And we forget, okay, where's the button? They moved it. And so we're all struggling with it. But again, yeah. that was a company that was in the right place at the right time. But, you know, obviously had some pretty significant growth pains to deal with it, too. And again, they, I think a lot of business owners forget the impact aspect of things. You know, I know you, you talk about that a lot is, okay, yeah, if you make impact, the revenue will take care of itself. Yeah. Focus on your product. Pro focus on your service. Focus on serving and giving. You do that, and not, not just with your customers, but internally with your staff, your families, your community, 
you're going to have a bigger impact than whatever product or service you happen to be selling. People are like, okay, great. You know, like I, I can buy a camera for my computer now that I have to work remotely. Okay, great. Big deal. But if you find it for the local store that was able to source it when everybody on the planet was buying these cameras, you're going to remember that. You're going to remember, okay, yes, Phil at the IT shop down the street was able to find one for me that didn't cost a second mortgage payment in order for me to be able to work from home and do the things they need to do. You're going to remember Phil for going above and beyond or a mechanic or a body shop that you know goes the extra mile for you and says, okay, we were able to find some things here to fix your vehicle at a lower cost Mm-hmm. Uh, because we know, you know, it'd be helpful for you. They don't have to do that. You know, that's like, okay, you, new fender is going to cost this. This is going to cost this. Here you go. No, they went, I, I called around. It's like, okay, that wasn't a quick thing. That was, that took time. That person invested time yeah. into helping you. And time is that one commodity. It doesn't matter how hard we try. We don't get back. Um, once you spend it, it's spent. And when people go, above and beyond uh, and do extra things that gets noticed or at least it does with me. And I certainly hope that it would with others as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had uh, a situation last week where I had to have a, um, the low beam headlight uh, bulb replaced on my car before I could get the car um, uh, state inspected. So I could renew my uh, license tag. And I took it to this um, local body shop and they said, well, you know, with this car, it usually means that we have to take off the bumper, have to take off the whole front fascia to get to this bulb. And it'll it'll take, you know, several hours for us to do that. I said, "Okay." So they they took me home and I was working away and finally called them and said, "Uh, is it done? And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll come pick you up. They pick me up and he says, well, we just want you to know that we didn't have to take the bumper off. We found a way to to take the little cap off and put the the bulb in and uh, it works fine. And, um, you know, instead of it costing you, you know, a couple of hundred bucks, it's only going to be 50. And I said, wow, you know, they could have, they had, they were totally in a position where they could have taken advantage of me and they didn't. And that is the impact that will make me a returning customer. Not only a returning customer, but a referring customer. You'll tell everyone, you know, even me, you know, the likelihood of me ever using that shop because we're in different locales, probably not. But, you know, if I know somebody in a region and they say this, yeah, go go to this person or uh, I highly recommend this person. I, I do that all the time. Um, it doesn't matter if it's in the area that I live in or another area or whatever. If I, if I'm aware of, you know, a a great organization like that, um, then yeah, I I want them to be successful because that's, that's the definition of being a really successful business is, you know, doing things the right way, uh, instead of just, well, we, we got it done in a half an hour, we're still going to charge the four hour labor and. Yeah, woohoo! But no, they didn't do that, and that that yeah. speaks volumes to that. So, uh, the well, pandemic. Me, go ahead. Go let ahead. Me, um, let me add another piece to this because I think it it may be helpful for your audience. Um, I don't see that leadership is a role in a business. I think that's a manager. That's management. 
you manage your business, but your but leadership is something separate. And uh, my my definition of leadership, and it and it, it's leading to a, a point here, is that I see that all leadership begins with personal initiative to create impact that makes a difference that matters. So when you're entering into any kind of encounter with a, a customer or, or with a staff person or with a, a vendor, and you're thinking, what is the difference that I want to have coming out of this interaction? Then you're going to be thinking about what is it that I need to do to help this person want to take care of me better than I am going to be taking care of him or her. Uh, and, the, and the point that I, I think that is difficult for some people to, to grasp is that this is not just for whoever is the owner or the general manager or the the uh, uh, operator, this is for everyone in their business. And so if you can train people to, um, uh, to think of their, of their job as not simply doing a task, okay, I'm going to do these tasks, I'm going to go down my, my checklist for the day, but instead they see themselves as, okay, I am going to be a problem solver, I'm going to be a communicator, I'm going to cre- create a, a networked relationship with this person to this business and to me, and then we'll be able to work together to solve more problems and and more difficult problems because we're going to be in a collaborative relationship together. But it's it has to begin by saying, I'm going to take that initiative to go establish that relationship, or I'm going to take the initiative to to look for a solution to the problem that this person is, is telling me, even though it's not my, quote, my responsibility. Those are healthy organizations when employees are engaged that way and they have the autonomy to be able to suggest and see things. And when you have organizations do that and people that want to do that, that's when you start seeing that impact of what that business does, whether it's a large business or small or anywhere in between. It makes such a big difference. So, yeah, it really does. So one of the last questions I got for you is uh, the pandemic. Uh, you know, during, I'm sure you've seen all kinds of different things come up with your clients and helping them navigate through the pandemic. But I'm curious, always, you know, I've asked, you know, my fellow colleagues that are, that are in the consulting space or own their own businesses, you know, what have you done during the pandemic? How have you, how have you thrived through this? Well, it's been a, it's been a time of real transition for me. I, um, I moved across the country during the pandemic. Uh, in 2020, I was in 40 different states. So I I kind of acted as if the pandemic didn't really happen to me. I just went about and and the pro for my my problem with the pandemic was I re, uh, the week before it, it began I returned from Africa where I was doing leadership training and I had two more trips to Africa planned for last year that got canceled. So I had to kind of reinvent myself in many respects. So I decided, I decided, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to take, I'm going to take the things that people have been talking to me about over the last two years. I, I published a, uh, this book, Circle of Impact, Taking Personal Initiative to Ignite Change in the fall of 2018. And I spent a year traveling, doing book, book events. And then 
I went to um, Thailand for a conference and Africa twice, and people are talking to me about the things that matter to them, things that are on their minds, their questions they're having. They're talking about how they're in transition. And I said, I think I'm just going to write about this. So I ended up writing seven short books during the pandemic. And I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm still trying to figure out how to market these books, but I wrote them because they were practical in the sense that these are the things that people are on their minds. So I kind of went into my writing mindset cocoon and I spent, I wrote the five of them in the first six months of the pandemic. And then I wrote two more this year and now I'm getting ready to uh, do two or three more next year. And, and, and I'm just trying to answer the questions and help people make sense of what's going on. So what, what does that mean for the average person in terms of how they deal with it? I think the most important thing that they can do is, is to begin to know what they, what they think, know their own mind, and be critical in the positive sense of thinking critically about what they're hearing from everyone, even them, even the, their own talk to themselves, and, and ask the question, is this logical? Is it practical? Does it get me where I want to go? And do I really know where I want to go and why I want to go there? I think there are all, all these questions that um, people have now because their, all their patterns of behavior have been disrupted. And I don't think we're ever going back to where we were. I don't know, what, I don't know if I want to say it's a permanent pandemic, but it sure feels like that at, at one level. So I think people have to ask, um, they need to ask questions. One of, one of the books that I wrote is called... Um, Solving Problems, A Guide to Being a Person of Impact. And basically, I go through, I critique several different ways that we solve problems. Then I offer my own um, approach to that using my, my model. Um, so I think that if people were able to have a, a, a way to answer the questions that they have every day about what they're going to do and why they're going to do it and be able to say, I'm going to say no to that, that thing that someone is kind of forcing onto me so that I can say yes to something that I believe in, yes to a value which is important to me. And, um, and that's, that was one of the other of the two books that I wrote this year called May Your No Be a Yes. Because I, I found that people were saying no to things that they should be saying yes to. They were saying yes to things that they were saying no to. And, um, and I, you know, I had this conversation with a, a a woman, a client, who was where this this conversation was about this very thing. And she says, "Oh, that's exactly my problem. I have to say no to. I need to say no to more things so that I can say yes to things like my family and my business and things like that." So I think that's a lot of where we are is is helping people um, kind of become more self determining in how they perform their life each and every day. That's awesome. And congratulations on creating and taking the time uh, to make the world better uh, and uh, continued success to you. So Ed, I've loved this conversation. Where can people find out more about you and all this awesome work you do? Well, it's uh, really simple. They can find me at edbrenegar.com and that's spelled E-D-B-R-E-N-E-G-A-R.com. Or you can email me at 
ed at edbrenninger.com. I'll definitely have that information in the show notes. So Ed, thank you again for all this amazing work you do. Thank you. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.